0: Welcome to the 42nd episode of our World News Podcast. This is going from the week of the 4th to September 17th. This podcast, along with all of our other podcasts, are part of Northern Provisions, LLC. Check out the Lethal Minds Journal, a veteran and active duty publication focusing on foreign and military affairs, art, and culture. Take a look at the Journal's Bulletin from the Borderlands, which is a bi-monthly foreign affairs publication from multiple talented intelligence analysts and independent journalists. Head over to LethalMindsJournal.Substack.com or Instagram at Lethal.Minds.Journal to see more. Also, check out The Freelancers, a media and research collective dedicated to covering modern conflicts with a soft focus on foreign fighters. Find them on Twitter at CBT Freelancers. Instagram at freelancers blog, and their website at freelancersconflictblog.wordpress.com. Please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash analyzeeducate, or buy us a coffee at ko-fi at analyzeeducate, and we will hop into the news. So first, we'll start off with the United Kingdom on September 8th, Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom, and 14 other sovereign nations passed away at 96 years old. She reigned for 70 years and six months, the longest of any monarch in British history. Charles has become king of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, and he has taken the name Charles III. Public opinion regarding Charles is not nearly as positive as it was for his mother, and it has called into question the future of the Commonwealth. Multiple nations have discussed the possibility of of jobbing the British crown as their head of state. The most notable in this case is Australia, whose Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, is a Republican who seeks independence for his country. If Australia drops a crown, New Zealand will likely follow. William, Prince of Wales, is now next in line to the throne, and we will see how King Charles fills his duties in the coming weeks, I suppose. We're going to move on to the South Caucus. This is one of our two big stories this time around. Clashes broke out last week between Armenia and Azerbaijan after the latter began artillery and drone bombardments targeting multiple points inside Armenia just after midnight on September 12th. The strikes were inside Armenia proper and not Nagorno-Karabakh, which is uncommon. Initial strikes were carried out with rockets and Israeli-made IAI Harap loitering munitions, those are also known as suicide drones, with target coordination from Turkish-made TB2 drones. You might have heard of that because it is widely used by Ukraine as well. Both of the latter unmanned systems played a large role in Armenia's defeat in the last war. Just after 44 days, that war was of course in 2020, Strikes and or attacks were recorded in Artanish, Sukht, Martuni, Jermuk, Ishkhanasar, Goris and Kapan. A military base in Sukht was reportedly destroyed by strikes and Armenian, excuse me, Azerbaijani special forces seized a military outpost in an unknown area near the border. Many other incursions were made along the border and Azeri forces pushed as much as 2 kilometers into Armenia proper in some areas. Armenia has acknowledged 135 servicemen killed in action, while Azerbaijan has acknowledged 77 killed in action. Hundreds of others were injured on both sides. That includes at least four Armenian civilians. Armenia says 20 of their servicemen were taken prisoner. In terms of equipment losses, Armenia lost at least four howitzers, four surface-to-air missile systems, three radars, and 13 transport-slash-utility trucks. There have been no documented losses for Azerbaijan in terms of equipment. During the fighting, Azerbaijani special forces also struck a position of the border guard from Russia's Federal Security Service, that is the FSB. FSB personnel were deployed to the shared border after the conclusion of the last war, again in 2020. No injuries were reported among the border guards, but multiple vehicles and buildings belonging to them were hit. The Armenian and Karabakh militaries have been placed on high alert, but thus far have not shown themselves capable of defending from either airstrikes or ground assaults in any meaningful way. Additionally, the Yerk Rapa Volunteer Union has mobilized multiple volunteer battalions and is deploying them to the border area. The union is a organization. Made up of veterans from the first Nagorno Karabakh War from 1998 to 1994. I'm sorry, that is 1988 to 1994. Armenian Prime Minister Nicole Pashinyan called for an emergency meeting of the Collective Security Treaty Organization, that is a CSTO. The CSTO is a mutual defense alliance made up of former Soviet states that function similar to NATO. At the meeting, Armenia triggered Article 4 of the treaty where, quote, an attack on one nation is an attack on all, end quote, which is equivalent to NATO's Article 5. The CSTO sent Security General Stanislav Zas and Chief of the Joint Staff Anatoly Sidorov to the Armenia-Azerbaijan border to monitor the situation. At this point, really uh, not much has been said about their mission there. Also at this time, it appears that the Article 4 petition by Armenia will not be approved. Russia, who plays a leading role in the CSTO, appears reluctant to get involved in the conflict. Kazakhstan, which is another member nation, has already explicitly stated that it will not send peacekeeping troops to the region, a statement that Armenia likely sees as a stab in the back after it sent troops to Kazakhstan during their time of need this past January. Peace talks were held between Armenia and Azerbaijan, in which the latter demanded Armenia recognize all of Nagorno-Karabakh as Azeri territory and remove all of their military forces from the region. In a shocking move, Nikol Pashinyan said that he would agree to these terms and sign an agreement declaring such if Azerbaijan holds up their end of the bargain. This statement, of course, angered many people in both Armenia and Artsakh, which is a Armenia separatist de facto state in Gorno-Karabakh that we have already covered previously. Protests were held at the parliament buildings in Yerevan, Armenia, and Stepanakert, Artsakh, in opposition to Prime Minister Bashingen. Protests called for his resignation or for the Armenian parliament to impeach him. Armenia's political opposition in parliament responded by saying that they could not impeach Pashinyan because they do not have a replacement for prime minister. And at this point, it looks that Pashinyan will really face no meaningful consequences, for lack of a better term, for uh, his rhetoric as far as that goes. A ceasefire has been brokered between the two nations with the help of Russia, and so far it has held will continue to monitor the situation, but as of right now, the ceasefire is holding. Many Armenians feel betrayed as well by the CSTO, and Russia in particular. Widespread protests have been happening, calling for Armenia to leave the defense treaty, and U.S. flags have been showcased during those protests, uh, probably just to anger Russia. In the streets of Yerevan, Russian flags were replaced with American flags, Armenian communities around the world have also held protests outside of Azerbaijan's embassies, especially including in Lebanon, which has a sizable Armenian population, and in France. A congressional delegation led by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is currently in Armenia visiting the country during the recent tensions. The delegation met with senior government officials and visited the Armenian Genocide Memorial. Also, part of the delegation were representatives Jackie Spear of California, Anna Eshu of California, and Frank Pallone of New Jersey. The delegation showed support for the people of Armenia and condemned the quote illegal actions by Azerbaijan. I do have another story about these clashes, but I will save that until the very end. That will be our last story. And we will take a quick break. We'll be right back. <music> All right, and we're back with Central Asia, talking about Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan. Border clashes erupted last week on September sixteenth at approximately eight o'clock in the morning between the two Central Asian countries. Both sides claim the other started the fighting. Kyrgyzstan claims that Tajikistan began assaulting positions on the border with armored vehicles and indirect fire, while Tajikistan claims kazakhstan began firing at Tajik border posts. This round of fighting follows other clashes last year that some say almost led the two sides, who are both CSTO member states, we talked about that earlier, to war. Those clashes occurred when Kyrgyz forces attempted to seize the Golovinoy water intake facility, which is controlled by Tajikistan. The two countries have had disputes about that facility for years now. That fighting led to 19 Tajiks killed and 31 Kurzakhstanis killed in the signing of a ceasefire agreement. In this current round of fighting, and excuse me with the pronunciations, Kyrgyz forces attacked multiple positions along the border, including the cities of Isfara and Kistevars. Over 140 Kyrgyz civilians were evacuated from near the border in the Batkan region throughout the two days of fighting, Tajik forces captured a school in the village of Dostuk and briefly took the village of Askai, but that was retaken by Kyrgyz forces on the 17th. Tajik forces also utilize TBT drones, we talked about those earlier, which have again also been heavily used by Azerbaijan and Ukraine as well. Kyrgyz border guards attacked multiple posts in Lyakhan, Baghdari, and Sarkadachi and reportedly inflicted heavy losses in those areas. Multiple ceasefires were agreed to by the countries, but it looks like the most recent ceasefire after either three or four tries that was agreed to on the 18th is holding up at this time. In total, at least 59 citizens of Kyrgyzstan and 39 citizens of Tajikistan were killed throughout the fighting. I'm not sure the makeup of civilian and military at at this time. However, uh, Hundreds of others were wounded, and that does include civilians for sure. And as far as uh, stories go, that's really all I have for you guys uh, this week. So I'll just say that I want to thank you all for supporting this podcast. Of course, it means a lot to me. You can find this podcast on your favorite apps. That's uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Overcast, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at analyze educate. It's all one word. Please consider supporting us on Patreon again or Ko-Fi K-O-F-I. Um and like I said, I do have one story I was saving. Um so here's here's why I'm saving it for the end. After the fighting. Video emerged of a horrific war crime that was committed by Ziri troops. Again, we're going back to Armenian Azerbaijan. this these azeri troops filmed themselves uh, committing this horrific war crime against a deceased female Armenian soldier. Her name was Anush Apatian. And the reasons that I am reporting this is because I want to be clear and concise as a news source. Um, I don't want to hold things back from you guys. And I want to make you aware that these types of war crimes are not unheard of specifically from Ziri soldiers. In the 2020 war, Ziri forces filmed themselves committing multiple multiple heinous war crimes including executions beheadings and just other horrible mutilations and with that being said i will give details about this incident that i just mentioned but i really really suggest that none of you listen to this it's one of the most horrific things i've ever heard um of being done to another human being and it's 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 just awful i again i'm reporting it because i want to be clear and concise i don't suggest anybody listens to this i i i know i won't be but i'm i hope i'm the only person that has to hear this um so if you don't want to hear this again i suggest you don't just end the podcast here this is it last story so again just end it here I know I I can't say enough. Just don't listen to this. Um, I have family on here that listen to this. Please just stop the podcast. You don't want to hear this. Um, but here it is. These Aziri soldiers film themselves r- raping this female soldier's body. And then they partially beheaded her um and then they bashed in her eye sockets and put rocks inside of them and then they cut off her fingers and placed them in her mouth and they filmed themselves doing this and then they put it out online um this has been verified um by the Armenian government and They said that they've shown it to, uh, you know, diplomatic envoys of, uh, multiple nations. I mean, unfortunately, nothing's probably going to happen with this. I mean, the, the soldiers that film themselves doing this, nothing's, nothing's going to happen to them. They'll get away with it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh. That's what happened again i really hope nobody actually listened to this but i'm i'm sure somebody did so um again for purposes of being uh clear and concise and not trying to hold anything back um there you go that's it so yeah see so you guys around